0: We know that, and we've spoken about this, that we um, read Rus on Shavuos. We spoke a little bit about Rus to understand it, which is very beautiful to understand exactly what's going on inside Rus. But I'd like to take a step back and take what we call an aerial view about why we read Rus on Shavuos. Because after all, there's got to be a very good reason for it. Um, We have many Megillus... Right? The most famous one, obviously, is Megillus Esther, Ashir Ashirim, Eicha. We've got many, many of these uh, uh, Megillahs that we read throughout the year. What is the reason why the meaning is to read it on Shavuos? Um, so the Vitri brings down in seven Shinyud Base that we read uh, Megillus Rus, because in the beginning of the Megillah it says, it talks about the harvesting, right? Which is generally at the time of Shavuos. And it's one of the names of Shavuos. And because of that we read Rus, which is nice. But that seems to be a little bit inadequate. So that's why we read Rus, because it has like a similar name. There's another reason he brings. Is, as we know, we mentioned Rus became a Giyoyres. And uh, we know that... Yisrael on Atzeres on Shruas came Tachas Kanfei Ashkena. They became Balei Chuvas, They became Kabbalas Torah. They were remakable really the Torah again, just like she was. Another connection, which is nice. Maybe we'll speak a little bit about that as well. Um, the Medrash brings down that Rus, as we know, and again, maybe we'll speak about this in a little bit, in a little bit more. Rishas was um, accepted the Torah with a lot of Tsar with a lot of Yisurim, it was very very difficult for her, coming to teach us, what Chazal tell us already, that three batonas the Rabbon Shom gave to us, so one of them is Torah, Torah is Niklebi Yisurim, so I guess it has a similarity there as well, and in fact also to Mishabur, already he brings this down, the Mogan and Tog Tzadis, he as well, others say, that Seyf Amin Hagim, brings down that we read it on Shvoros, because Megillah Shvoros talks about Chesed, Chesed, Shavuos is Yoin Matan Torah Seinu, which is tremendous Chesed that the Rabbin gives us the Torah. So therefore there's that connection. The Shari Tshuva, Sikot Zayin, brings a B'chor Shor that says that Dovida Melech died on uh, Shavuos. And the Kodesh Baruch Hu wanted us to remember that in Rus, because Rus gave birth and the whole situation over there. So there's a lot of reasons, obviously, of why we read Rus. There's a lot of reasons. And um, the, the, the most, I think, the most traditional answer probably be was the it mentions Dovid HaMelech because that's who came out of Rus, and Dovid HaMelech, as we know, not only died on Shavuos, also was born on Shavuos. Right, Sadikim generally Moshe Rabenu died born on the same day, and since Rus was Dovid HaMelech's great grandmother, so therefore we mention that, which is very very cute. It's a cute reason. But that doesn't really give us an adequate reason to why we would stand up, sit down, whatever it is, we read Shavuos uh, Rus. That's reason number one. Reason number two, um, and and the truth is we can ask this question in a general manner why is Rus, why does Rus have her own Megillah? You know, even Esther, which is named after Esther, which is its own reason why it's named after Esther, isn't really talking about Esther you are talking about and Yisrael and Mordechai and the whole plot and the whole Yeshua. That Klal experiences it, it it's a picture in whole. This is all about Rus. This is all from beginning to end, Rus, 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 Rus. Where do we find, nowhere in Tanakh, in my knowledge, right, in all Chof, Dalid Svarim of Tanakh, that the Shulchananuch says that we have to learn, do we find that we have a biography of someone? What, what, what is this? So we have two questions, really. Why is this so important to us? Why is it so important for Torah Shabbat, for Tanakh, to include a biography about one person, that's Rus? And why do we read this on Shavuos? I think it's a very important question. And I think it's a question that we can incorporate in our lives as well. So, in order to answer it, we have to understand that al Kabbalah, and this is brought down in a very, very open way, that Yomim Toivim, are not commemorations, right? You know, by the Goyim L'Havdil, the Goyim commemorate a day. You know, they'll remember it by making a, you know, a festival or some festivities and whatever it is. They remember what happened. Krali we don't do that. Yontov isn't a remembering, oh, of what once happened. Every single year, say the Svarim on that day, that whatever happened, happened, whether it was Pesach, Sukkos, Shavuos, whatever it was, Purim and Hanukkah, everything we get the hashba of that day on the day itself. It's not just to remember, it's an actual day that actually happens. And therefore, we have to ask ourselves a question as well. There is no mitzvah, and we'll talk about this maybe on a, in a different, uh, with a different direction. There's no mitzvah on apart from the cheesecake. There's no real mitzvah on shfuz. Every yantov has a mitzvah. Sukkot has the sukkah, has the daladminim. Pesach has the matzah. That there's so much going on in every yontif. of what is the mitzvah of Shavuos? What is it? There's no symbol that symbolizes Shavuos, again, apart from the cheesecake and the blintzes and the flowers and everything else, which are just cumin hogim that we do, and we've spoken about those as well, right? You can't sort of travel up, upstate New York to go to the Catskills, stand by one of the mountains and say, Ah, Kapolosatoya. It's, it's just not going to work. You can't do that. It doesn't work. Right? It just doesn't work. So rather we have to understand that there's something on Shavuos that we have to obviously do and that is obviously get closer to the Torah. Shavuos was Yoy Matan Torah same. That's one of the names of Shavuos and that's what we do on Shavuos. We'll re the Torah which will explain how to do that at a different time. But therefore our job on Shavuos is to take the Torah that the Rabbani Shalem gave us and re it. Accept it all over again, right? However, listen very carefully, there is a problem. And the problem is that if the mitzvah, quote-unquote, of Shavuos, the mitzvah hayayim of the day, is to accept the Torah again, so we have to look at it from the perspective of someone that hasn't yet accepted it. Because if you basically are accept have accepted the Torah from the day that you were born and to the day you got a bismillah, and the day you were Bar Mitzvah, so what are you accepting exactly? Just eat cheesecake and off you go. There's nothing else to do. You've already been makkabel. What do you want me to do on Shavuos? Beish If you're a person who hasn't yet been Makabul the Torah comes along Shavuos and you say, "Aha! I'm going to be Makabul the Torah. Here it is. I'm ready to do." Nasa God, I'll do whatever you say. Beautiful. But that's not us. We're here. We're doing it already. We did it yesterday, the day before. Yes, maybe we could do with a little bit of you know recharging, re-energizing. That's all true. But at the end of the day, if we're not looking at it from the perspective of someone that never did it, then what exactly are we meant to be doing? So, to obtain the picture of what happened, Tanakh devotes an entire Megillah to Rus. Because there's no question, Adam, on all history, there was never a story like Rust and the way she converted, in the way she did it with all the mysterious nephesh that she had. Everything is there. And when we read that on Shavuos, you know what that does to us? That sort of look it it shows it in her perspective. When you read Rus, and that doesn't mean reading Rus, just babbling through it or listening to the Bancoira or whatever, but it means understanding Rus. It means understanding the story which Bor Hashem we've just gone through to understand it, which I think is important to do before I spoke about this specifically. That now you understand what happened. Take Rus and internalize it. Because again, Without it, it's very difficult for us, on our levels, to actually really internalize it. Because when you look at Russell, you look at the Messiah that she went through, it reminds me of the story which, which I've told you before, but I'm going to tell it to you again. And I'm going to tell it to you again and again, by the way. Because I think it's important to remember. Of this gear that I was Zorcha to sit with um, from England. And I was Zorcha to sit with him and his carer, who he lived with. And he told me the story of how he became a gay. It was just unbelievable. I'm going to mention it to you again. He said, basically, he told me that when he was, you know, six or seven years old, he experienced something very interesting that he always wanted to get close to Jews. He used to, like... Run after Jewish people on the street, right? He, came from, he was, lived in England, there were many Jewish people there. Obviously, his family were going, but there were many Jewish people there. He used to run over to Jews and like, want to touch them or want to like, be with them. Very weird. His parents were very, very upset. Like, what are you doing? What are you, get away from these Jews. What are you doing? You're crazy. His parents were very upset by it. And he constantly did it. And they were constantly upset. Until one day, his parents found him in the library reading Jewish literature history about the Jewish people and, you know, all sorts of interesting things. They were so upset. I'm telling you this in my show, I heard it from the person. They took him, they threw him down into the cellar, right? They had a cellar, they had one of these, you know, doors that, stairs would go downstairs. and They locked him in there for six months. Six months. They threw down water, some bread... I don't know exactly what else. they Butter, maybe, whatever. They, they, the basic you know, bare necessities of life. They threw it down the stairs. They didn't even look at him. They were so upset with their son who was you know trying to get closer to Jews. They couldn't take it. And for six months he was there and his neighbours started to get a bit worried. Because they said, like, where is this like, little young child? You know, he was 14 at the time, whatever. We don't see him anymore. And they were worried that the parents had actually killed their son. So they called the police. The police came with a search warrant. They searched the premises. They found the child in the cellar alive, very not well, right? Because he's been, you know, there's no light there, and he didn't have proper air, and so he was not well to the hospital. Eventually he recuperated in his grandmother's house. And he used to go from shul to shul and sleep there. People used to chuck him away. What are you doing here? Get out of it. He went through Brizionas for years. He tried to become Jewish. They wouldn't accept him. Not because Dalocha tells you that you must accept a geir. But Dalocha is, in, the, in, in England, that you have to be 18 years old unless you get your parents' you know, permission. There was no way he was getting his parents' permission. He was 16 years old. He had to wait till he was 18. He finally waited till he was 18 years old. Right? He's telling me the story himself. The person who's staying by is sitting next to him. And they told me that incredible. They did the brismila. Again, he'd been waiting years for this. He'd been learning with local Rabbonim to try and understand Gomorrahs and try and understand different things. And he was very into it. But he couldn't become a Jew until he was 18 years old. The day he turned 18, he's scheduled to become a Geh. They did the brismila. The dinner of a brismila of an older person is you don't bring a minion, you just bring two or three people, the, the moil and the, the, the rov and you know whatever, just like two or three people just to stand there. So the person who's telling me this story is one of the people who's standing there. And he says to me, you can't imagine Here's this yid. I mean, he's a goy, right? He's about to become a yid, and he's saying, "Rabbi, shalalam." Highly it was a practical Became Hasidish. Highly gabashhefer, Rabbi, shalalam. I'm doing this because I want to come close to you. Could you imagine? He started shouting, "Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem the man told me the Dayanim who were standing there were crying. Here's a Yid. Who's now a Yid. Who went through so much. So much Yisurim. So much Tzar. Did he have to? No way. He's a guy. There's no Allah that a guy has to become a Yid. Just do the Sheva You'll be fine. You'll get your my baba. He wanted to come close. And that's exactly the story of Russ. It's exactly the story she was pushed away, in every direction, even by her own mother-in-law, with good intentions. And she said no, and she persevered. Oh, I am getting close to you. And she didn't do it for the comfort of her mother-in-law. She did it because she understood that she wanted to be close to the Rabbein Shlalim. She wanted to be close to Kal Yisrael. And the Yisurim that she went through to accomplish that is absolutely incredible. It's so important. That's why we read it on Shavos we read on Shavuos, when we read the Megillah on Shavuos, and many of us this year will just be opening up the Rus and reading it to ourselves. Maybe we should really be reading the English. Maybe that's an idea. We should be internalizing the message of Rus. And that is, look what she did to get close to Hashem. Do we do the same thing? Do we also act with the Mesiris Nefesh to get closer to Hashem? Or is it because we are what we call FFBs? We're from from birth so everything just became easy to us. I told you the mice before and again, these these Mises you can say all the time of a girl that found out in seminary here in Yisrael, she found out that she was not Jewish happens. She found out she wasn't Jewish. However, she found out. She goes to the rabbi of the Sem. The rabbi says, oh, that's a good question. That's not like the common shila that I normally get asked. So he says, I'm going to go and ask uh, my rov. And his rov basically goes to Rav yashuv and uh, Zatzal. And they went to Rav yashuv Rav yashuv said, listen, there's only one way to do it. There's a bedatz or edis hasfardi. Go to them another day on and tell them the story. One, chick, three, chit-chat. They'll do it. So they went there, they made an appointment, they said, no problem, we'll do it straight away, because obviously we wanted to become Jewish immediately. And um, she should bring some friends from her seminary for moral support, whatever, emotional support. And that's what happened. The girls came with her, a whole group of girls. They're sitting there in front of the rabbonim, and they're asking her all the questions. And these are basically all the questions that Normie was asking her daughter-in-law, Russ. And these are all the questions that every basin asks every guy that comes in. And they say, are you sure you want to do this? Like, do you realize that if you take a tissue right now outside, it's fine? But if you do it, after you do this conversion, you have Misev, you have and Asro. And it went through one after the other after the other. Oh, how severe it is to be a year and all the punishments and Alvarez and Gehenem. And she said, I want to do it. One after the other. She committed. And eventually went through with it. And Kolomad saw, Her friends came out of that Misev and they said, you know, That's incredible. You know, we don't appreciate what it is to be a Yid. We don't appreciate that we have a connection to the Rabboi That if we just want to talk to Hashem, we just open up a Siddur. Or even if don't open a Siddur, just talk to the Rabboi We have a relationship with Hashem. There are Goyim out there that don't understand what that even means. There are Yidin, unfortunately, out there that don't even understand what that means. We have to learn to appreciate that. That's Shavuos. And the girls said that. They said, you know, all these questions that they were asking in the base team. We don't get asked these things. Are you sure you want to do this? And do you realize that? We sort of just like flow into Yiddishkeit. And therefore we never give ourselves the opportunity to ask some of the very crucial questions of what it means to be a Yid. And I think all of that would pretty much answer, and I I personally believe that's a good satisfactory answer, of why we read Rus. Because to look at Yiddishkeit, to look at Torah, to look at mitzvahs, the way we do now, because of who we are and how we grew up, it's quite difficult. Yeah, we grow up from, we grow up religious, we learn a bit more, we learn a bit less, we do this mitzvah, we never heard about this halacha, okay, we live and learn, that's life. But when you read Rus and you see what she went through, and what she was willing to go through, for Yiddishkeit, for Torah, for mitzvahs, to give us to the rabbi alaylam, that is our job on Shavuos. Our job on Shavuos is to feel it to feel that love that she had, to feel that connection that she wanted, that all of us have with ourselves, with the Rabinishlan and with the Torah, with the mitzvahs, and to re-energize ourselves within so much of Yiddishkeit within our lives. So many times Yiddishkeit becomes, as we say, autopilot. You press the button and off you go through life. You make brachas in the morning, and you wash negel dasa, and you make your brachas if you wash, because then you have to bench. And then you doven, and then shachos milchan marav, and then you learn abyssal, because you have to learn dafir or whatever it is. And you go through live, and it's wonderful! But you never stop for a moment to think about, what am I here for? As the Mesela Shashorim says in the beginning, in the Hakadamah, what is the purpose you were sent into the world? How many people do stop and think? That's our time. Shvuos is the time that we are going to stop, whether we're in shul, whether we're at home, we're going to stop and think about our Yiddishkeit, our connection to Yiddishkeit, our connection to Torah, our connection to mitzvahs, and ask ourselves this very penetrating question. How much mysterious Nefesh do we have for the Mitzvahs? How much mysterious Nefesh do we have for the Torah? Because look at Rus. Look what she went through. Look what she did. And look what she became. And look what she got. Every single one of us can do it. Every single one of us will do it. And Ba'ez HaShem, the, the, the Ravon Shem will give us a tremendous amount of she- after the HaDishvu the to all be Mekabal the Torah again. And Ba'ez HaShem become closer to the Ravon HaShem.